Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. This is Jen Taylor and today I'm with Kelly Dash. Kelly, how are you? I am doing so fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. You're you're a total badass. I'm super excited about this. So tell me what you do now. Your website is hawkbg.com. It will be in the show notes. People will be able to find you with all your social media, but tell me about what you do. For sure. Um, I started Hawk Business Group actually this year. It's in my second business. Um, my life is all IT and technology. So I've worked in corporate life three times over um, in that world. And I said, you know what, when I have an opportunity to try my, my hand at entrepreneurship again, which I'll share my first business, it's like, I really want to take an, an opportunity to get in, involved with technology in a way, you know, we're underrepresented being a, a minority woman and to show that we have a voice and we can rock it in an in industry like that. So I said, I'm going to go and start my tech, it's a technology relationships, um, relationship consulting business. So I connect small businesses to technical resources and vendors that they need. So they call me I'm looking for technology. I'm looking for computer equipment. I'm looking to get connectivity and I will facilitate that relationship with a a vendor in our area. I live in Tampa Bay. I just saw that you're in Tampa, Florida. Yes. So, and you also, you post articles on LinkedIn. You're pretty active on LinkedIn. We're on LinkedIn together, actually. Yeah. We have to make sure you're connected. I'm on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, and then I have a podcast. So tell me about the podcast a little bit, the business blend. Yes. So the business blend is really talking about the small business journey and where I'm sharing my stories about my small business and the challenges and the struggles and the successes and resources too. Like it's, you're not by yourself and there's resources available that can help you. You don't have to feel like you're an island and you're isolated. There's help for you, but then also share obstacles where I talk about my struggles, but then invite other guests who are small business owners as well to talk about some of the struggles they had and how they were able to overcome them. So it's all about the small business journey at various stages. And I love it. I love it. I can tell. And your website is awesome. The information about you. And I I mean, that's where a lot of us that are entrepreneurs and doing podcasts and stuff were this group of women, you know, that we've cut, you and I have kind of surrounded ourselves with, we're all about the small business because that's generally who we are. We are the small business and we understand. So if I have skills and you have skills and we can lend them to other small businesses, kind of connect and collaborate, that always feels really good. And IT, I just, I just love this. When I saw the website I'm like is this your website because a lot of there's nothing wrong with it I'm a coach but a lot of us are coaches and you know speakers and you're like I'm IT man I lived in Nextel Communications and I am all IT and I was like you're a little badass I'm so excited about it I know I so much love it I think it's because it moves so fast and it's a, it's innovative and it's, it's everything's always changing and being better and I'm, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, really hyper person and that's the, where I thrive. 
<laughs> Actually, that's a great point. And we might address that at some other point, kind of like finding where you fit in your niche. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's amazing. If you're a super high energy person and you like things changing and learning constantly, then God, IT is definitely where you belong. It's the way. I've done it since 2001. Uh, so I, I when, whenever I'm out and about and I'm talking about it, I do sh- have a certain passion behind it um, because I love it so much. And so I really wanted to, my first business I didn't get to share, I owned a virtual assistant business um, in 2009. And I had that for about six years. I started it while working for an IT company. And like people will say, hey, Kelly, can you help me do this? Like they, they, were, they were entrepreneurs but they were focused on what they were trying to accomplish in their business. Maybe they were an attorney. They didn't want to do the back office administrative operational help. That's what I was there for. So I ran, I, I started that business and then they, they, the company I worked for let me go. And that was my, Oh, I'm going to take this opportunity to do my own thing. The universe was talking to me. So um, I operated that from 2012. They let me go 2012 to 2015. So um, it was six years in total. Um, but then I got a divorce in 2014-15. I don't even know why I don't remember the date. It's 14 to 15. Um, it should be a great, great occasion to celebrate. But I had to go back into corporate life. It was too unstable for me because I had three daughters at that, you know, minor daughters at the time. Yeah. So let's jump into your story. Yeah. Take me back in time. Oh, oh my gosh. How far back? Well, (laughs) you know. Philadelphia. Um, I grew up, I was a... um, Grew up in Philadelphia until elementary school, um, twelve around twelve years old. My parents um, got a divorce, got a divorce, um, domestic violence in that situation. So nothing onto me, you know. I, I was not, uh, uh, didn't get the physical abuse myself, but you know, being in that environment, being in that setting was very unhealthy. And I had the younger sister also, so it was just the two of us. Um, we moved to Virginia when I was twelve. And I grew up there, went to high school there, and my mom remarried. Very different household. In Philadelphia, it was like I was a wild, wild kid. You know, I'd stay out, like, just late, running, just running, just having fun. And then I moved to Virginia, and it was the suburbs and super quiet. And um, the... um, that where we lived was the suburbs, so there wasn't running out and playing. It was just trees, and there weren't a lot of kids to play with in my neighborhood. I was, like, in a cul-de-sac. It was just from one extreme to the next. So I probably didn't handle that very well, um, that adjustment. And um, fast forward a couple years, I was in high school and got pregnant my last year of, of high school. Um I was kind of getting my wings, getting a little bit more freedom, and I got a little bit too free. (laughs) I mean, you know what I, there was, I remember, what year were you born? 1974. Okay. Just to kind of give us an idea of where you're coming from. I was born in 70, and I remember there was one girl in high school, our junior year, who, uh, and I graduated in 88. So this was the 86, 87 mm-hmm. school year. And man, mm-hmm. everybody gave her the hardest time. And it made me so mad because everybody else was having sex. She's just the one that got caught. Right, right. Yeah, you know? 
and I moved, I went to a public school and then I went to a private school. That's where I met my, my daughter's um, father, my daughter's father. Um, so it was small. So I didn't get that stigma per se, because it wasn't a large high school. It was super small. There were only six in our graduating class. Holy cow. Okay. So I know. Really, really small. Yes. Okay. Yes. But still, you know, there's this drama that it's all tied to that. And, you know, I had plans. I was actually in college when I found out, like it happened over the summer. Um, so it was my first year. I went to George Mason University in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. So, you know, I fell into, my mom was a teen mom also. So I fell in line with that. And so even to like today, I have three daughters and I talk to them about finish school, <laughs> get your education. If that's what you want to do, travel the world, see, go, go explore. There's plenty of time to have children and, you know, settle down. So I, I really pushed and promoted them to experience life because I, I didn't really have that. I didn't get to do that. I started working and going to school at the same time while having a little a toddler. Good for you for staying in school, though. You kept you kept in college. Uh, I did. I kind of started, stopped. I would take a semester on and one off. You know, once you start getting into the work workforce, it was, I loved having the money. So I probably did more work than studying. And I didn't, I started college in 1992. Yes. And I didn't get my degree until 2007. But good for you for doing yes. it. What I a had great example. Yes. I just felt I needed it for myself. You know, I was already working in, in my career and doing my thing, but it was a personal goal that I had that I wanted to finish that. And Tell so me what, there wasn't a stigma at school for you for being pregnant. Um, There was a little bit because I met my husband and we went to the same school. So he had stigma and then I had stigma. <laughs> um, and so two kids from this, the, this super small private school got together and had a kid. Um, and so, you know, the, even where I, I grew up in Fairfax County, it was a small community. So although I didn't go to this, the local school, they knew that, oh, Kelly, Kelly got caught uh, and she has a kid now. So I don't like being a part of rumors, but it, it happened. Well, yeah, of course. And if people, if you're not really part of the rumor, they'll create one anyway, but that's a different story. That's true. That's true. What did your mom say in this situation? What was the situation with your stepdad? Cause she remarried, you said, yes. and what was up with your daughter's dad? So, yes, um, my my um, real father, I didn't have a relationship with. So it was just my, my stepdad and she was really disappointed. I remember vividly laying because I started where I'm a super I'm petite. I'm small. So I started wearing big clothes and she never saw me kind of change how I wore my clothes. But one night, like at two o'clock in the morning, she bust through my room and like, are you pregnant? And I woke up from like my death sleep and I said, yes. And she just started hysterically crying like, no, 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 my gosh, why? You know, all these things like it's a repeat a cycle of her. She's like, you had 
big goals. I had, an, I was going to school for engineering. I wanted to be an electrical engineer or so I thought. It's, this was not for me, but I started it at least with that. And so she was extremely disappointed and sad that, you know, that happened. Um, and she thought she was protecting me by, I went to a private school. You know, I moved from the city, I moved from a public school and went to a private school and it didn't protect me as she thought. Um, so yeah, my daughter's father, um, we stayed together. We actually got married um, when my oldest um, daughter uh, was six, six years old. And we had two more daughters after that. Um, they were six and then one came along. There's three in total. There's 11 years difference between the oldest and the, the second, and then six years difference between the middle and the youngest. So today, present day, I have a 26-year-old, a 17-year-old, and an 11-year-old. Wow, you started over all three. <laughs> I started over three times. What are you thinking? <laughs> That's either the best idea ever or the worst idea ever. I always had a babysitter. I always had a babysitter. I mean, there's that. <laughs> you, know, you know, and whenever I, I tell people that I have three daughters and the ages, are, and I, I have to always follow it up with from the same father because it's like, is that, that doesn't, that's crazy. I just started really early and ended really late. And we actually would have continued. Um, I went, like I said, I, I finished college and I said, let me finish college. This is important to me. When I'm done, then maybe we'll try for a fourth, like a crazy person. But that didn't happen. Instead, we went the other way and got a divorce. Was his family at the time, I mean, I'm understanding exactly where your mom's coming from thinking, oh my gosh, I tried everything I could to break the cycle and you're perpetuating it anyway. And all of her fears of her life, because we know as parents, right? We know our life and our failures and what we don't want our kids to go through. And then when our kids go through something or in the same situation that we are, we're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Like how? Yes. So I'm sure she felt like that. What was, what was his reaction? And can we go into like, was there always, you just knew you were going to keep the baby? Yeah, I was really afraid. Um, You know, my mom, she's extremely strong, but I, I just didn't plan. I just kind of, you know, I, I was on the fence and I was concerned, like, should I have, I was 18 years old when I found out I was pregnant, but I did have her and um, he and I got married and probably if we, if I didn't get pregnant, we probably wouldn't have married even today. I think he's even admitted it most recently. Like we would have taken completely different paths because we are not, you know, although we got together so close, he's a year younger than me actually too. (laughs) Side note. (laughs) Oh, so he had to finish out a year of high school with. Yes. Yeah. With me behind. Mm -hmm. And he he actually did it. He had to go back, go and get his GED because he had a kid on the way. So he had to start working. Um, And we were both living at our parents' house still separately with the kid. So it was really. Um, messy for a while and we we eventually moved out together I worked for a home builder so we were able to buy a house and then we got married and then we had another kid Um, I just felt that we we already started our family 
in in retrospect probably i don't know if i forced it because we already started having a family because we were already living together i'm thinking we got to go all the way i you may not be my match i might not be your match but we're in it now and i don't that was my mentality back then when i was 20 early 22 23 whatever that was um, so yeah i i feel that we kind of got stuck and we thought that we had to stay that way I don't think that that's an innately bad thing. I mean, you wanted to raise your daughter together. You wanted, I, I think kind of, it stinks when you're not the right person for each other. Yes. Yes. But I don't think you did a horrible thing by trying to stay together and work it out, but you're right. You got stuck. I really did. And you know, if he is who he is. He's a you know creature of habit. He likes certain things, and I am really driven, and I want to go and do more. And he's content just chilling, and that frustrated me. And probably with me wanting to do active things and be out, he was like, "I don't want to do that." So we just slowly pulled apart. Um, you know, there was some. He was there was verbal and emotional abuse tied to that too, which is another reason why we got divorced. But it's probably through frustration. And, you know, just being unhappy, just, it's just started to erode. And I said, I, I got to step away. So I, I did it. I pulled the plug. He was surprised, but I pulled the plug. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You guys were together for over 12 years. And yeah, we got married. Yeah. Decided to have the second. We got married 1999 okay. and then we divorced in 2014, 15. So yeah, about 15 16 years we were together because we and moved to Virginia and then we moved here together to Florida and then got a divorce. And you were together before that just from dating and getting pregnant with the first one. So you guys hadn't been together for like 12-ish years before you decided to have a second baby. Right. That's did right. You, did you feel at that point? Because And then you went another. Yes. Had a third. So... Yeah, it was. I mean, so I'm trying to figure out the the method behind the madness. I know because most people know how you know how hard it is to have a child at that point, Mm -hmm. and you know what the marriage is like. Yeah, I don't. Again, I was just so consumed that we had to stay together, and I knew that I wanted to have more children. So probably the combination of those two, I ignored the obvious signs that although we had children together, that we can still be apart and we can still co-parent and and be not together. I didn't get that. That didn't click until I got older. Okay. I mean, that's, I I don't even know. It's great. When I think about it, it's kind of crazy, but that, that was my mentality then. Not entirely, because you came from watching a really abusive relationship with your parents and having no relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I understand going from the city to the country. We did the same thing when I, the summer before my freshman year in high school, we moved from Rhode Island to Vermont. And I was like, oh my God, we're tipping cows now. And, (laughs) you know, you're at this age that you're going through a lot. And then there's this massive culture shock and... I mean, how many relationships are you really exposed to before you guys were, had a bait? Right. Not I mean, literally I was in my last year of high school and then we were together and, and again, he came from kind of a dysfunctional family also. It was like two 
black sheep coming together. Like you save me, I save you. It was a dysfunctional relationship, honestly, from the very beginning. What do you feel like was dysfunctional from the beginning from both? I mean, you were young and you were together for a long time and you don't know any different. I mean, I would think you don't know what other people's marriages are like anyway. So that's right. Is there a grass? We didn't have, we didn't have any good um, examples of a quality family life from either side. So, you know, we came together thinking that, you know, we, could make it work and they would do the best that we could. We, we could only do what we thought was best with what we knew. And, you know, only in retrospect, looking back in the years that we were together and seeing how other people, good relationships work, being out there in the world that I was like, I don't want this anymore. This is this. I ha- I don't have to live like this. I don't, this is not normal. Okay. Let me make some, <laughs> I got a shift, a mind shift and physical shift to change my environment. Absolutely. What mm-hmm. do you feel? So retrospectively, and you can give me, you said that he had mentioned something earlier. Yes. Um, what do you guys, what do you think was dysfunctional? How was the relationship dysfunctional? Um, he, well, f- uh, from my perspective, um, because I came from a dysfunctional or uh, a witnessing abuse, like certain things that you allow, like being talked to in a certain way um, or kind of being subservient in a certain way. Those types of things happen because um, he, you know, comes from a, a, his family where his, the mom does everything, everything, even for the dad, for the children. He's, he's one of five boys. So that's their lifestyle. So for me, and he even expressed it, I wanted you to still be that type of mom to me, but be my wife, but care and take care of me. I'm like, well, you know, and I'm for my mom, she's independent. You know, she was a single mom for a long time, but she did her own thing. And I'm like, you're an adult. I can't take care of you. You have to take care of yourself. You're supposed to be my partner. And we just had two different philosophies. I completely understand that. And you don't really know where the person, I mean, it's so hard when you both come from these backgrounds and you put it together and you're, it's not, it's not even, it's not a matter of placing blame. It's a matter of bringing in that baggage and not understanding how to function outside That's right. of it. That's exactly, exactly right. I mean, I, I, I've done a lot, a lot of soul searching from, from then on and, um, you know, I am single today. I'm dating, but I'm single. And I'm like, I don't know, care if I want to get married. Like, I like being free. I like having my independence. I do want a partnership. I do a companionship. But I want to be able to be free to do what I want. Um, so, and he's remarried. He has since remarried. Wow. So you tell me how the, <laughs> I want to know about that aha moment when you realize like, oh, not everybody lives like this. How did you figure it out and when and what was that like? Just probably over time, I saw my friends uh, and how they had their relationships with their partners. And my mom actually and my stepdad, how they have a relationship, very respectful. Um, just seeing that and I'm thinking, I want to have that. 
And I remember feeling like I am so stuck. Don't have that. I'm miserable. Will I ever be in a place where I'm in a relationship with someone who is respectful and caring of me and I can reciprocate? Like I want to give that out, but to the right person, (laughs) to the right person. And realizing that it's different and you've spent this time not with the right person. Cause I've never been an advocate for divorce, but I'm also not an advocate for staying somewhere. I've been divorced and I'm the one that pulled the plug. So I get it. There's mm-hmm. a point when you're like, there, I, there's nothing else to do here. You, yeah. And we re- literally, we were a parallel. I wouldn't say parallel. We were on like a fork in the road. He had his own, what he wanted to do. And I couldn't force him to change and come my way. And I refused to settle and go the way that he wanted to go. So we just slowly split and it just fell apart. And, you know, I'm thankful. I have my own place. I have my own space. And I just feel so much freer than in you know, being in that relationship, I would come home and feel like I was not in a place of solitude. I would be miserable. I would prefer to be out. If I can just drive around, I would do that. If I would have my girls and we'd be out away from him, I was happy because I didn't want to be in his space. And And that starts a whole different chain of events, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's, That last year that we we were basically roommates, and that last year was pretty ag- aggressive because I had reached my boiling point in his aggression and his uh, emotional and verbal abuse. I was quiet and, and allowed him to behave this way because I didn't want to respond the way that he did. But at the end, we were head to head. We were... It was bad. <laughs> even at points like being really aggressive and loud, even in front of the girls. Um, yeah, it was bad. And I said, I got to get out of here. I got, because it's changing me as a person and I'm not that way. Good for you for realizing it. And did he realize it also? You said he was surprised when you filed. Well, I had always threatened and said, I was going to do it, that I was sick of it. I'm tired of you. You know, you're a horrible person. You're terrible. Like all words that can be expressed. He called me the C word. He called me the, uh, or like all crazy things. Um, And some in front of the girls too. And you don't have a place to retreat to. And so I I said, I'm I'm not taking this anymore. I'm leaving. He's like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Who wants you? All these things. And so for a long time, it just dragged on and I would threaten, but I would do nothing. And then one day, you know, I called my mom and I told her because it was one situation where I was um, typing on the computer, like my, in the room, he moved. He was no longer in the room with me. I, I just had the room to myself. Um, he had his clothes there, but he would, would no longer stay in my room. And I was working on the computer and he was talking to me and I was ignoring him because at that point it was like, we have nothing to say to each other. And um, as I was ignoring him, he came over and I was typing on the laptop and he pressed the, the laptop on my fingers and it cracked my monitor. And that was like a point, the point where I said, I got to go. Like I freaked out. 
I yelled, I cried. I was like, what you're, you're doing this now. And it was my livelihood. This is when I had my business. So he, it like, this is my place where I'm operating my business. And now you've destroyed, you've, you've, you're trying to now infect my business. Infect, literally. Um, and I took that screen and I still have the laptop that's broken just as a, I don't even know why I still have it, but I still have it. <laughs> Probably should throw it away. But just to show, it, it was really visual to me that I needed to step away. And that was where I, I called my mom. She was in Virginia. And I said, this is what happened. Because I wouldn't tell them anything. I kept all of these things to myself. And so it was boiling and bubbling over. I didn't tell friends. I told no one. I would go out and network with people. You know, again, I'm trying to grow my business. So I would go out and put makeup on. And I remember saying it's like a mask of how what's going on behind the scenes, you know, I'm putting on a good face, but I'm like destroyed inside. And so I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so I served him. I think it was over Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. So (laughs) it was just a weird time. And I wasn't even in town. He got served and contacted me. It's like, it's done. It's done. Once I tell my mom too, because I was again keeping everything super private, I knew once I told her, I couldn't back away. I couldn't f- say, you know, I let the, the door was wide open at that point because she would not have allowed me to continue in that environment. Of course not, because look where she came from and she got out of I mean, good God. And so now she's seeing, I mean, fortunately for you, it wasn't, well, there's no way to compare, but it wasn't physically awful for you like it was for your mom. That is true. With your dad, but she's not going to, first you're pregnant at 18 and then you're in a relationship that's abusive. And like you said, you know, you're becoming someone you don't want to because man, misery loves company and you just that's start, right. to start to feed off each other. It was so bad. It, it just, I, I would come home and immediately retreat to my, my room and I would make food only for the girls. Like I would do things I just changed as a person where I would be, you know, wanting to be around and out in the living room and chit-chatting and whatever. And I would immediately retreat to, to my room. Like if they wanted to come and see me, they wanted to come and talk to me, they'd have to come into the room because he's out there. I don't want to be out there. What were the girls like? Um, my oldest, I think she kind of took it hard because she was close to her dad and she's still... She, She's still kind of close to her dad, but she witnessed these things. And I'm sure she was torn and tied, struggled with which way to go. Um, in my middle one, same thing. She was, she's a little bit more um, sensitive and quiet. So she retreated in. And then the baby, you know, she was a baby at that time, maybe like two or three. Um, I'm sure she's seen things and heard things, but she was small. Um, but again, when we broke up, he was, he moved out. So it was sh- shuff, um, shuttling back and forth between where I lived and where, you know, he, where he was living. So it was a lot of instability at that time. A lot yeah. of instability. And you know that that's tough because you were a kid mm-hmm. that went through it at 12 also. Yes. Yeah. And for me too, being a parent and putting my girls through that, 
I knew that if for a period of time it would be an adjustment, but in the long run it would be better for them because they would they would see that that's unhealthy. I would I want them to know what's unhealthy and what's healthy, and if they see unhealthy, they know to run far away from that and to speak up. So I wanted to set a good example for them for that and that. That's the biggest thing, right? I mean, like you can, you can be a jerk to me and I'm a big girl and I'll do it. But when it spills over to the kids, that's a totally different issue yes. for me. Especially girls. Especially because you don't want them turning around and getting into a relationship just like your mom felt. You, you do not want them thinking that that's normal or healthy or okay. So I totally get you on that where your tolerance level is completely different once the kids are involved. Yes. In a certain yes. way. And and you also want to let them know, look, your dad's not a bad guy. He was a good dad to you, however you word it. But sure. our relationship was toxic. And yes. you should never stay like that. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. How are they? Now, you moved to Florida. Mom helped you and you moved to Florida at that point. Is that how it happened? Well, we moved, we we were together still. We were still married when we moved from Virginia to Florida. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry, you've mentioned so, that. Okay. So, yeah, it was 2004 that we moved to Florida. And then 10 years later, yes, that's when we got divorced. But again, it, it was not easy because we had no family at that point here. So that was probably another thing that, that contributed because we didn't have family around to see and kind of intervene. Like, what's going on? What are you all doing? Let's talk about it. You know, we didn't have any of that. It was just us and the girls. So he did his own thing. I did my own thing. And we just did the best we could. <laughs> and then slowly, I don't like you. I don't like you either. <laughs> and that's how it came to be. Um, yeah. He relieved? I'm sorry? Was he relieved at all? Um, I, I think he was. He, he's never told me any, anything directly, um, only by way of people that we know that we just were not a, a good fit. But he also said, I wish I had done things differently. So... It's, I don't know. I don't know what he thinks today. And I don't even want to have a conversation with him. He's very, I guess he's happy. I'm not going down that road again. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I just wondered because you said, you know, you'd threaten and not do it. And then when you finally served him, he was really surprised. And sometimes yes. though, you both want to get out, but one of you has the guts before the other one to follow yes. through. So that's why I was curious about that. I mean, I know, I know in my situation, I'm like, I'm pulling the plug. We are done. Yeah. And you, you, from how you feel and you're saying you feel and the things that you're expressing to me, you have got to be relieved that one of us finally ponied up and. I think so. I think he was relieved. Yes. But still kind of, again, he's a creature of habit. He, yeah. He's just being status quo and probably that change he was uncomfortable with, but he's in a better place. He's been, he's paired up with someone that, that seems to be a better match for him. I, you know, that is not the lifestyle. It's not those things that I care about. So that's good for him. He's found that person, but I couldn't, I couldn't continue following behind and doing the things that he wanted to do. And I had my own ambitions and he didn't encourage me. He didn't support me in that way. It's like, I feel like you're an anchor to me. Go, go. 
Well, you had said that you guys probably wouldn't, like if it hadn't been for the fact that you got pregnant that first time, you would have definitely gone in very different directions. So, I mean, there's no surprise if he remarried and you want him to be happy and that's great, especially because it's important for the girls to see that, you know, if he's going to be in another relationship, you want it to be good. Yes, absolutely. And whoever he's paired with. Mm -hmm. Right. Different Mm -hmm. doesn't mean bad. It means different. And so how are the girls now? Because it's been like, what, 11, well, nine years since you got divorced-ish? It's six years. Okay. We got divorced 2014, 2015. So not that long, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Like four years. It seems long. (laughs) You know when you're in a happy place, it seems longer? Yeah. Um, yes. So he is, he got married, I think last year, um, to someone that he met while we were still married. But again, we were roommates at that time. But, uh, you know, for, uh, for a long time, he said, she's just a friend that I know that I see Mike. Okay. And then the girls said, I saw her at like four different places where we kind of ran into her. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. <laughs> so they got married and I think the girls are okay. I mean, she's their stepmom. Um, she, you know, she does certain things that I wouldn't do, but that's their household, right? I just say, I want them to be um, taken care of. And when they're with you, that they're, they're being respected. And there's been a couple situations where I had to step in with him to say, that's not okay. And please don't let me have to talk with her because I will. So address it. Um, So certain things have happened and she does not have children. Um, She's never had children and she's, you know, 40 something. So she's has now stepchildren and trying to parent them. There's an adjustment there. There's an adjustment. I'll just say. (laughs) So monitoring. I watch and I, how's it going? I, I will check in with them when they're with their dad to make sure that they're good. Is your relationship with him okay now? Um, Distant. We have okay. our moments. Yeah. We, we have falling outs kind of like siblings at this point. Uh, I would say that that's what it is. Yes. Like right now he's blocked from my phone because he gets crazy with like communication. I said, just email me. That's the best way to get a hold of me because he likes to battle with words. Um, so we're, we're in a good place as best as we can be. Yes. I would think after staying together for so many years, because it was the right thing to do and the best thing to do and you were trying and because you had these girls, you would think that life after divorce would have been similar, but... He's, he's better um, just being at a distance. I think he's more relieved that he can be more of himself however he wants to be, and I'm in a better place. So we do have arguments about the girls because he parents differently than I do. Um, and I'm a little bit more conservative about things, and he's a little bit more relaxed. Like he has, you know, sleeves, he wears he has tattoos, and he, he condones piercings, things like that where I don't, so meeting in the middle, I try to ask him to do with the girls, um, and he 
sometimes doesn't respect my wishes or takes my requests into consideration. Uh, so those things happen. Yeah, they do. Those things, yeah, as best we can. That There's a lot to navigating that. Anybody out there that's <laughs> been through, I mean, I am so on board with this conversation because it's so hard. <laughs> It's so hard. And it doesn't matter if you're the conservative parent or the relaxed parent. It does not make any difference. So it, it is really hard. Parenting is the hardest thing I think that you ever do. Yes. If you and I tried to do it, you know, we're like, oh, well, we'll, room, we'll be roommates and we'll raise these kids. It is so hard. And then you have the kids' personalities. And then yes. you have society and outside influences and differences. And it's it's just really hard when you're together. Yes. Separate, it's not easier. <laughs> yes. I know. And the, the girls, too. You know, I've got the teenage. My daughter's 17. So she's, you know, a teenager getting ready to step out. She'll be 18 in February. So she's trying to grow her independence, what she wants to do. And then I have the 11-year-old coming behind. She's the last one in line. And she's kind of like a teenager already because she had two sisters. So she thinks she's 17. So, <laughs> And at this point, being number three and starting so early, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm just tired. <laughs> We're all tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Just, just, just go, just be quiet. That's it. You have, your oldest is 26, you said? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my oldest biological is 27 and I also have a 17 year old. That okay. will be eight. She's a senior in high school. She'll be, she'll be 18 in April. Awesome. I have kids in between that, but yes. Um, and then I have a nine year old. She's almost mm -hmm. 10. And you know what? This morning I was on the phone with my 27-year-old. Let me know if you can relate to this. We're chatting while she's driving to work. She calls me in the morning. Yes. And the nine-year-old says something, and she leaves the room, and I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this generation. <laughs> yes. Because the 10-year-old and the 27-year-old, it's like a totally different freaking generation, and I don't like this one. I know. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning with this youngest one different things. I, I just feel like I'm aging. I don't know. I don't even know what it is. I just try to keep up as best I can. They know so much. There's so much going on in their life. And when they go to school, what they're exposed to and what they see and hear, you can't, you can't control that. You can't. No, because I'm like, how is it possible that, you know, he and I are the same parents? Yes. As we were with the older kids, as we are with her, and and there's an eight year difference for me too. So from seventeen down to ten. Oh almost, wow! There's almost so same as the, those two are the same for sure. Uh, but you know, I I'm like I'm we're doing the same stuff. We're the same people. We have the same value system. It is a total, isn't it? A totally different world with this one. Yes. Yes, and even with the oldest one because she's really mature now. I, thankfully, she is one who helps guide the uh, the other sisters. Mm -hmm. Not just my voice as mom, you know, she gives her two cents and, and tries to help them see things in a different perspective. The same message, but in a different way. So mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that, for sure. Um, but I am a little bit more intentional with the, the youngest one, you know, 
and they're very independent and just go and just again technology that they they're just exposed to so much um I just try to ask her to be open with me and talk with me and I just try to check in and make sure everything's good giving her space um where before with the oldest one I was like a hawk like what are you doing? Where are you going? No. Who are your friends? I don't want you hanging out with them. I don't like them. And trying to control the, the oldest and even the middle one. I've, I've loosened, though, because I see that that's bad. Um, I've learned to pull back on my mama bear uh, personality <laughs> and be a little bit more loose. You know, if I'm guiding them, I have to give them the uh, openness and freedom to make the right decisions where before I was kind of, I, I know that I was more like, ah, no, what are you doing? I would have thought it would be the opposite. No, I was just trying to be really perfect with the oldest one. Cause I was a young mom. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to do this. This is what's supposed to happen. Reading the, you know, what to do when you're expecting. Like I was really square about things. So super anal, but now I'm, it's, it's just flipped over with the youngest one. <laughs> well, it definitely isn't just us as parents. It is, it is a different environment and with divorce. And tell me about the virtual assistant business. Yeah. What, what happened? Um, you were doing that when you split and it was about six years. So why did it, why did it wrap up? Take me through that kind of that process. Yeah, well, when I started in 2009, I was working for the IT company and people, my, you know, people that I knew were saying, hey, can you help me? So I was doing it as a side gig. The company I worked for, they found out that I was doing this business. And although there was nothing in writing and it was no, there was no conflict, they said, gee, we know that you're operating a business. We have to let you go. I'm thinking, whatever. I worked there for eight years almost nine years, um, but they were going in a different direction. I said, okay, that's fine. So when I went full time in my business, it was called the busy buddy. <laughs> busy buddy. I wanted something kind of cute and fun that people will remember. Um, I did that and it ran really successfully. I had up at its, just me initially. And then I hired up to five independent contractors at once handling customers, doing different things. They had different skill sets. So I had a little machine going on. It was fantastic. It was really fantastic. But I was just being destroyed inside. I was operating this business, but my home life was horrible. And I couldn't, I couldn't manage the two. It was so different. And then when I decided to have a, to get the divorce, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't mentally do both at one time. I needed to go. I said, I have to stop, you know, cause networking, if you have your own business, you have to network, you have to meet people. And I didn't want to do that anymore because I didn't want to be fake. And so I, I had to find a job. I said, I'm going to stop the business and get a regular job. I needed stability. I had chaos in my life. And then with owning your own small business, it's, there's not a lot of stability there, you know? Um, yeah. Every day you have to go out and hustle and, and, you know, plant seeds. And I didn't want to struggle. I didn't want to do that. It was too much work and then also too much work inside. So I that I decided to cut it. I had to, I needed sanity back into my life. 
I get it. And a steady paycheck and all of that. Just normalcy. Just I don't have to think. I go into the office, do whatever they tell me to do, and then I go home. That's it. Yeah, I get it. Thing. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. Yeah, and you can you only have so much bandwidth and you can't put off the stuff that's the emotional stuff in the divorce. You you can't. You so I I, th- I thought that that's probably when and how it happened it was bad it was really really bad i remember honestly one time i I went to a i think a psychiatrist i would go to counseling but i went specifically to a doctor's office and asked them i said i need drugs i need something so i don't feel the way that i feel because i'm in a bad place you know he's horrible my my business i i can't i can't do it anymore i need something to just like numb me they didn't give it to me but i was like and all of us are like and the magic pill is i was like please give me something please give me something they gave me a placebo but i you know i'm not one i don't smoke i don't you know do drugs. I don't do anything. There's nothing that I do crazy, but I knew I needed something. I, I don't even know if even to this day if I had if I've had a Xanax. Uh, that's just not my personality. But that was that time was so horrible. I just wanted to be numb. Isn't and that crazy? It's and to see that I had that feeling that long ago and where I am today, it's so crazy. I was like, that was a completely different person. Yeah. It really was, because that's not me. And that's, that's not how I do it. <laughs> but I think everybody can understand you hit this point. I mean, some of us, it's after a baby's born and some of us, it's with the relationship and so a parent dies. I mean, like there could be a million different situations where we just like, are like, I, it's so, I'm so overloaded right now. I just need to take the edge off. Yep. What was it like to hear the answer? No. I mean, they were, you know, nice about it. I don't remember the circumstances, but they basically said, we'll just give you this, you know, whatever. I didn't even know what they gave me. It didn't do what it was supposed to do because I was still like crazy. <laughs> but um, I I had it, I needed some type of outlet, you know, like I said, I wore makeup and, and felt like I was putting on a mask because I was it was horrible every single day. It's like something has to give. I want to fall asleep and wake up when this is over. I remember feeling like that. Like I just want to sleep and just when everything's okay again, come back. And that's absolutely crazy that I felt that way. It it is, but it is. I mean, I know when I get sick, anything happens, I'm like, just everybody just, I just want it quiet. You guys can all be here. I don't want to be like locked away in a cave. Right. But like, yeah, I want everybody around and doing stuff, but I just want to sleep. My body just, so I get it because I respond that way. When there's stuff going on, when I'm stressed, I'm like, yeah, I just need to sleep a little bit extra because when I wake up, I'll be more myself, even though the stress is still there. So I actually do get it. Waking right. up when it's over part, <laughs> that might've been a little. <laughs> and I've never felt, I mean, that was the only time that t- even today, that is not me. Like, you know, I may go, but never have I felt that way before where I wanted to, and that was, yeah, that was truly how I felt because it was so miserable and he was relentless. Like it was no, it was just pressure, pressure, pressure. And it was no relief. It's like, 
I, I, how do I get myself out of this situation? You got I, a job. Mm-hmm. I got a job. What and then, did you go back into? Um, I went back, I'm in, again, IT, a managed service provider um, where they manage uh, company networks, uh, all their computer equipment, servers, all that stuff. That's what I enjoy. So I, I manage the relationships of those customers. Um, so visit with them. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that customer facing because I help people. And I was in a place where people wanted me around and I was providing a service that was needed. So I, I built back up my confidence that I have something to offer and people like me and people think I have something to um, share with them that will help them where I wasn't getting that before. So through going back into that corporate world, I got those feelings back that I'm good and I'm okay <laughs> and I will be okay. And I had to kind of go through that and thank God I went, I had the, the thoughts that let me get a regular job, let me get some stability, get my wits about me and then just we'll see how it goes. It was honestly day by day. There was no looking ahead. It was like, let me just get through the next day. And slowly over time, I was there with that company for like two and a half years. Um, I came out of it and, you know, the divorce happened. So that even like elevated me more. Um, and I'm in my own space and it is my peace. Even today, like he's not invited, although we're okay. He's not invited to come to my house on, in any, any case. There's no reason for him to come here. Like, this is my happy place, and I don't want him, in, in, again, infecting my, my happy place. Um, and he respects my boundaries, thank God. Uh, so there's no issue there. But, you know, when I went back to the corporate life and then I got another job someplace else, it just, all of that just helped build me back up to where I, I was before. Mm-hmm. And then I started this business in, in May, the Hawk Business Group, um, I was working for Price Waterhouse, and um, I had a contract. And I said, once that contract ends, I'm going to try to do the small business again. It's time. It's been 10 years since front of my first business. Um, I didn't even realize until I started talking about it to, to other people. It's been 10 years since from my first to this one. And I'm in a completely different place. And, and I it's a different it. business. And a different business, yes. Mm-hmm. You guys owned a house together, so that was you had to. You guys sold that house, and you ended up because you call you call your new. You got your new place. Yes, yes. He, um, we actually, we had to foreclose on that house because for a period of time, for a year, he wasn't working. That's another thing. Stress of not working. He wasn't working. I'm working in my business. And so that income fluctuated, although I got, I had really good income um, from supporting all these, these uh, entrepreneurs, he wasn't making anything, but whatever the government said to him and he didn't want to get a regular job. He says, any job I get, it would be paid. I'd be paid the same as like getting my check. So he, again, no motivation and I'm struggling. I'm like, we need get three jobs. I mean, we got to make sacrifices here. And I'm working every day, nights and weekends in my business, and he's just collecting a check. So that didn't help. <laughs> that didn't help. Um, so now that, you know, he's, he's moved on, he's got his house with his, um, his wife, and then I have a townhouse. I don't have to worry about anything outside. I've got, you know, 
girls have their space, four bedrooms. We're good. We're good. That's awesome. Yeah, we're in a be- much better place. It's you. It's so unique how each of us has to hit the reset button, and it's different for each of us. And I think you ending that business and going back to work, God, what a godsend, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And until I love that. we started talking about it right now, I didn't really uh, understand, appreciate how important making that move was until, yeah, until we're talking about it right now, for sure. That changed a lot in my life, my life's path. Yeah. So tell me now. So now here you are. (laughs) So now, yes. Um, In a nutshell, yeah, I started the business and I wanted to start my podcast to, again, just share my experiences and struggles and stories. And um, I'm hoping that I can do more of that. I have a YouTube channel also because I wanted people to kind of see me and not just hear my voice over the, you know, just through the microphone. Um, I'm like all out there now. I, I, I went from like, see, I go from silence. I want to hide and like go to sleep to I'm out there on all, all platforms that are appropriate for my business. <laughs> um, and for me, it's just being real and authentic and sharing. It's why have fear? I, I, I will have fear of, of regret over fear of like someone's judging me. I don't care. But you also said that you mm-hmm. put makeup onto network and it felt like a mask. And that's like got to be a completely different. Yes. I'm just like free, you know, no makeup. I just go. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> well, I love that. I mean, you know, <laughs> we can all do some of that. But I know it. it's just the difference in your feeling and your attitude, too. It, it wasn't the makeup. It was the mask, you know, it was. like it was pretending that everything was okay when things were not okay. Yes. And now you're so like, this is who I am. And I feel too, like I've just a renewed, renewed focus on life is so short. Really just enjoy yourself. There's nothing to be afraid. It's you that's causing that fear. There's nothing that is holding you back from doing what you want to do. And I try to really focus on doing the best that I can in that day, in that moment, and enjoying the journey. That's it. I love it. Thank you so <laughs> much for sharing, because this is highly relatable. Yes, many, thank many you, Jen, people. so much. Yes. Thank you. I've enjoyed this, and it's really been my first time sharing, so thank you for allowing me and, and making me feel comfortable to do that. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.